Um, apart from leading youth, um, the other thing I've been doing with the past few years of my life um, has been university. Um, and about a week and a half ago, I finally graduated. <laughs> finally. <laughs> After, so I worked out and it was 19 years in education. Like, that's a crazy amount of time. That's the majority of my life. Um, and now I'm actually like looking to what's next and it's actually really scary, like I'm having to enter the real world and it's like, what do you do? Um, and there are these times in life whenever I feel you come to a crossroad and you've got to look and you've got to go, okay, which way am I going to go? Like, which way does God want me to go? Um, and it's these decisions that you have to make and this made me then think about, okay, so like I've got this thought in my head which is what am I going to do next? But then there's also the thing of why am I going to do what I'm going to do next? So I'm like, I always like to think about the underlying, like the reason behind everything. Probably as an engineer, it's a wee bit like, how does this work? But like, why do we do the things we do? And I actually came through a conversation with a non-Christian friend. Um, and we basically posed this question, which is, why do you do what you do? And what do you want to achieve by doing it? So like he said, like we sat down and he was just like, yeah, um, I want to make enough money to live a good life and be comfortable. I was like, yep, okay, um, right, what am I going to say? Um, and my answer to the question was that I want to have an impact. Like, no matter what I do next, I want to have an impact. Um, and I want this to be on the people and things around me, no, no matter if that's one person or if it's 100 people, it doesn't matter as long as I'm making an impact in what I'm doing. And I want basically to be able to say, I was here. So, like, at the end of my life, look back and go, yep, I was here, I did something useful. And I thought about that. And the more I thought about it, I went, actually, Emma, you're stupid. Like, that's not your mission for yourself. That's God's mission for Christians. Like, how did I not see that? That's, that's what God wants us to do. And the fact that, like, for each of us, that will be really different. For you, that might be how you raise your children. It might be in your workplace. It might be um, making groundbreaking discoveries, new policies. It might be leading a church, work volunteering with charities. It's different for each one of us in how we make our impact. But the basic thing is we shouldn't leave the world as we come into it. We should change it. Because that's what Jesus did, right? Like, Jesus came in and he flipped this world on its head. It wasn't the same as whenever he left. He changed everything. He changed everyone's thinking. And if we are called to be like Jesus, then we are called to change this world. And we're called to make a difference and have an impact. So... Whenever I look to the Bible uh, where Jesus talked about impact, he talked about it in terms of fruit and what we produce, our fruits that we produce. So if you have a Bible um, or you want to turn it on or whatever you do, you just want to listen, that's fine. And um, We're going to go to John 15 um, and we're going to look at the passage um, of the vine and the branches. So I'm going to read it. Bear with me. It is a wee bit lengthy. So, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, and I remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that, everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So in this passage, Jesus is talking about the vine and he's talking about how the branches are connected to the vine. But there's one thing that he keeps saying over and over and over again. It's the words, remain in me. He wants us to remain in him. And the more that I think about fruits, it's not actually the, the fruit that I think of. I think of what comes before the fruit. And I think about the roots. And in a tree, it's whenever it's connected. The roots come first and the roots have to go down and they have to be planted before any fruits can even come, before the tree can start to grow. So I want to look into some characteristics of roots that we can take. If a tree is our journey as a Christian, the characteristics of roots, there's a lot we can learn. So point one is it's what happens in our personal time with God that matters. So the roots are unseen. The roots aren't the ones that everyone looks at. The roots are what's below. It's below the surface. A tree that is 30 foot tall can have roots that are 60 to 90, ta- 60 to 90 foot. So that's saying they're two to three times bigger what's underneath than what's seen. So what we have underneath should, should be more than what's on the top. Our time, our personal time, our one-on-one with God should be more than, than what we're showing, what everyone else can see. And in verse four of this passage, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Without our roots, we actually can't grow. And that leads us on to point two. We need to connect to the source for nourishment and growth. The roots get their nourishment from the soil. For us, that's our time spent with Jesus. That's our time reading the Bible. That's our time praying. That's where we get our nourishment and that's where we're actually able to grow. And in verse five, it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's crazy, apart from God, we can't do anything. If we don't have this nourishment, we aren't able to grow and we aren't able to do anything. So if we're not investing in that one-on-one time, we aren't, we're hindered. We're actually hindering ourselves, not being able to push forward. Then there's the next point of, we need deep roots to stand strong during the storm. So those big old trees that you see, whenever all the storms come, and we've had a few in the past few years, but like whenever they come, those big trees aren't uprooted. If we have deep, wide roots, 
then our tree, then the tree that is us can actually be uprooted whenever the devil comes and whenever that storm hits. We, we won't move, we will stand firm. And in verse six, it says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Let's not be a people that withers. Let's be a people that keeps growing and keeps looking for nourishment and stay strong. Then there's point number four. With good roots, we can produce fruits that last. We need to, like these big trees, they, they grow and they grow and you can see that you can see the really old ones, but then they also drop seeds that they plant new, new trees. So there's this lineage, and this is what like Vineyard's all about, this legacy. Like it's what are we doing now that is affecting future generations? What are we planting? What are we sowing? And in verse 16 it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, my father will give will give you. So yeah, we need to be planting these, these fruits that last. But one of the amazing things about a tree is that as soon as roots are established, as soon as our relationship with God begins, the tree starts to grow and it starts to grow from both ends and fruit is produced. And I believe that a spiritual connection with Jesus leads to a physical reaction for Jesus. So in other words, as soon as we plant roots, our fruits, our fruits come as a natural, you know, you've, you know Jesus, so you want to live for Jesus and be like Jesus. Um, so yeah, but each of our fruits will look different. And this is where we can really compare because what one person's good at, someone else isn't good at. And I think it's important that we don't like try to be an apple being like an orange. We like have to embrace what we are. We have to be, like, if you're an apple, be an apple. Like, God needs all of the different fruits in his fruit salad. He needs it as a collective. <laughs> like, yeah, so the important thing for me and the thing that I think God has sent us is that we need to find out what our talents are. We need to then ask him what he wants to do with them. And then the most important thing is use them. And that's where we're going to look at. I'm just going to reference the parable of the talents because this is a time whenever someone didn't use their talent and this is what happened. So basically, um, there are three servants, um, and each one is given, the first servant is given five talents, the next one's given two, and another one, each according to his ability. And these servants were given them from their master. Um, the master then went away, and the one who received five went and traded them and made five more. So did the one who had two talents, he made two more. But the one who received one went and dug a hole and hid his master's money. Then the master returned home to settle his accounts. And he was pleased with the servant who had five talents. And he made five more and said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. He also said the same to the servant who had two talents. But when the servant who had buried the money, whenever it came to the servant who had buried the money, he said, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So, take, so he took the talent from him and gave it to the one who had 10 talents. For everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance, but the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. That kind of scares me a bit. Like if I don't use my talents, they're gonna be taken away and given to someone else who already has so much. 
but like it's kind of meant, meant to do that to us because we should be using our talents. And the fact is, those people who used them were rewarded. And it's the same as in John 15, 1 and 2, where it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. If we are producing fruit and we're using our abilities and talents, God takes it and he allows you to keep doing more. He gives you more and he gives you more responsibility. We've got to use what we've been given. I also love the fact that in the parable of the talents, it says um, that each one was given according to his ability. So God actually doesn't give us more than we can handle. Like he knows what we can handle and he gives us that amount and allows us to work with that and he works with us. And there's a line in a Jesus culture song um, where um, they say, he is a God that says, I know you have it in you because it's me that's inside of you. Like, that's crazy. Why do we ever doubt ourselves? Because if we believe that it's God inside us, like, we can't go wrong. Like, we can do it. Whatever you put your mind to, you can do. He has given us the talents because he wants us to use them and he wants to use them for his glory. He wants us to use our God-given gifts for his glory. Jesus was a world changer and he's called us to be world changers as well. And you might think, okay, yeah, she is a 20-something year old girl. Um, she can think that she's changing the world. I am lacking life experience because I just, I think I can do anything that I put my mind to. But um, I'm not lacking in hope and ambition. Um, and I think that none of us should be. We should all be filled with ambition to be able to go out and change the world and to be able to make a difference. Um, and whenever I say that, I'm not saying that you need to be Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to do what you can with what you've got where you are. It's simple. Like, the, like yeah, you just need to do what you can with what you've got where you are. Um, the most inspiring people I have met are people who are in their, like, 40s, 50s, 60s, older generation, maybe not older, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, so the people who are older than me, okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, people who are older than me and who are still learning new things, starting new jobs, um, pushing for more, they're not, they want to learn new things. And actually, Leslie, wants to learn the guitar, and I think that's class, because she doesn't care, like, that people are saying, oh, you've got to be a certain age to do that. Like, that's not what it's about. Like, go and study something new. Go volunteer for a charity. Go do whatever you want to do that you think God is telling you. Don't let you put a barrier on yourself. Um, and, yeah, I think it will be crazy in this world, like, especially there are huge challenges ahead for Gen Z. For anyone who doesn't know Gen Z, it's Generation Z is 24 to 4, that age group. There are huge challenges ahead for them because they need to change the world. If they don't change the world, there may not be a world to live in anymore. Like, that's how bad our environment is. But there's actually a bigger challenge for those older than them because they have to lead the way. They have to inspire them and they have to raise that generation. They have to raise them so that they will be able to change the world. So we can't inspire world changers if we're not being world changers ourselves. So my number one rule for myself at the minute um, is don't be boring. Um, and I think this has come from like 
just a fear of growing up. Like, I'm like, oh, you can't, don't be boring, do anything that's exciting. Um, but everyone's definition of boring is different. Um, and my non-Christian friends probably think I'm boring because I don't like the same things as them or we have different mindsets. But what I mean by don't be boring is do things, I'm trying to do things that excite me. I'm always reaching for what's next. Um, and I'm trying to push myself further than before. And I think that we should all be using our talents to make that impact. We should all be pushing for what's next and reaching for more. Um, as an engineer, whenever I think about impact, I think about an impact test. So like a test method, you basically drop something heavy on like another object and see what happens to see if like it's durable or it's strong enough. <laughs> so you drop this heavy object on it and you look at it and you examine it and you say, okay, um, is, there, is there a big dent in it or is it the same as it was before? And whenever you drop that heavy object on it, it makes an impact and it leaves that object, it leaves that object changed and it's an irreversible change that you can't go back on. But I believe that as a people, we should be like that. We should be going out into this world and we should be making irreversible changes and we should be having impacts on the people around us. And yeah, so we need to have an impact and the world will change as a result of it. If we do it as a collective and if we do, if you do your bit, if everyone does their bit, it will change and the world will change. So um, if you'd like to close your eyes, I'm gonna invite Elaine to come and pray with us. Wonderful, just before I pray, share, Emma leads our young people um, and with an incredible te team uh, around her. Um, and she had 56 young people in a, in a field um, at Summer Madness. As you can see from her passion and enthusiasm, she sews it into our young people. Um, she tells them that they're warriors and they can change the world. And isn't that wonderful? Because it's true. Um, so I'll invite you to stand. I'm going to invite the band to come. <laughs> 